0: In the fall each year we all congregate, the found all gathered at the church of getting The scriptures reading from the book of Munson, our favorite verse, my God of precious. Drunk and obnoxious, notches well, Georgia faith, ain't enough to find her in the lane. Now the three thousand of our best
1: friends, it's Saturday and that thing.
2: Welcome to the Saturday in Athens podcast. We're a Georgia Bulldogs show. I am your host Seth Saunders joined as always by my co-host James Kim and with it being week one of the Georgia Bulldogs season we have our first guest picker of the season. It is a repeat guest on the show. Probably our favorite guest if we're being honest here. We're not gonna try to hide anything. It's our good buddy Ray Fulcher. Ray what's up brother. Welcome back. What's up boys. How y'all doing. We're doing good, but I think you're probably doing better. Not only are the dogs kicking off this week, but our boy here is headlining the Georgia Theater on Thursday night. I, I have to ask you this. Yep. If you had Doc Brown's DeLorean and you went back to the first night that you saw Eric Church at the theater and you told that old boy, on August 31st, 2023, we're going to headline this place, and two days later the back-to-back national champion Georgia Bulldogs are going to kick off their season. Would well, you think he'd think you were crazy like young Biff thought old Biff was crazy or what? i probably
0: think I'd have died because it went to heaven because that's the only <laughs> <thing I could laughs> thought that would be possible. And so, uh, and especially, man, what a week for me, and it's, it's taken a lot of – I was texting with you, Seth, earlier in the week, and I was like – you were asking me if I was you know, ready for the show, and I was like, I am – but I'm not quite ready. It's like game week, right? It's like we had rehearsal. It's kind of like install, take a couple of days to feel like you're truly ready, but the haze in the barn, so to speak. So that's going to be a dream come true on Thursday night. And You know, we played there a couple of times, or a few times, it up for people, but that's just not the same. So we got some special stuff lined up for the show, and, and the dolls are kicking off, which is, I mean, a whole nother, it's just going to be a whirlwind weekend. And to throw a little cherry on top, it looks like, That we will have the number one song in the country officially Thursday night when I step on stage as me as a songwriter with uh, "Love You Anyway." Oh, that's just incredible, brother!
2: I mean, what a yeah, that is the ultimate cherry on top. Man, I I think the other really really cool thing about the whole night. I mean, obviously the timing is incredible with your story being back at the theaters, incredible, but. I also think the fact that on the ticket with you is Jordan Rowe and Logan Crosby, two other Georgia grads. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I just, I don't really know how it could get much better, to be honest with you. I just, it, it's all lining up just perfect. And uh, man, number one, we're so fired up. And then also brother, just, just thrilled for you to have Thank watched you. your journey and all this. It's just uh, man, it, it's awesome. So we're, we're fired up for you. Tell us, tell us the thing about it. And I know it's, it's a myriad of things, but what is the one thing you're either looking forward to most or that you're most excited about as this opportunity's unfolding here in a couple of days?
0: I really think, and I've been thinking about that some, I think really just, I'm going to try to really be present that night. And I think the thing I'm really looking forward to is just look, coming out the first song, we have a cool kind of intro thing we're going to do. And just during that first song, getting to look around and, and take in like it looks like, you know, they're going, we're going to have a lot of fans of our music and, and, and the journey and stuff. Also, a lot of friends and people that have supported me along the way. So just getting to kind of take in that first song of, of not only kicking it off and all the adrenaline that comes with that, but also just getting to look out and kind of see all those people is going to be a pretty special moment, I think. I think one of the other neat things about
2: this happening in two days is you've been working really hard and people may not know that you've been grinding and putting together new music and getting ready to release new music as the year is starting to unfold. What is your excitement level about the things you've been working on and some of the new sounds that people are going to hear coming forward?
0: I'm so, so excited, and I think we'll we'll get to kind of unveil some of that this year, and then especially like, I mean, next year is going to be absolutely full of new music, and man, I tell you, I've never been, and I've talked to you some about it, I have never been more excited kind of about the just the group of songs that we've recorded just the possibilities that kind of lay before us you know I'm going on tour with with Luke in October over in Europe, Luke Combs that's going to be exciting too but I think kind of looking at that time over in Europe is really kind of a launching pad to hopefully a big end of the year and a big next year for us as as far as new music goes and kind of a new chapter in this journey And, and hopefully it's like and what we do, and, and a lot of things in life, there is no guarantee, but there's also no timeline of when the, uh, the harvest is going to come, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, but I know we've been putting in the, the work, we've been putting in the hours and the, you know, the mental grind and the mental hours too. We're hitting the road hard this year. So I'm just excited to see kind of what, what comes with that and really unveil some of these new songs as we go throughout the next, you know, 12 months and, and people getting to kind of hear those things.
2: Now my understanding is there are still a few tickets left. Yeah. What is the best way for somebody who is last minute here trying to grab one of those if they want to grab them?
0: So there's a couple ways. Yeah, it's um we're hoping we're hoping to sell out and it's getting pretty close and I'm excited about that. But we uh, there are a few left and you can go to my website com and go to the little uh, tab in the corner pull down tour. And it'll have like a ticket link for Georgia Theater. Also on my Instagram page just my bio right there. My link in the bio is the, the ticket link to Athens for Thursday and um and then Peachtree Entertainment, they're the people promoting it, they have it on. And and probably Georgia Theaters website as well. So I know this is hard to pin down, but do you have a particular song
2: that you are uh most amped to play on Thursday
0: night? Yeah, um well, what's cool about this is we've kind of been working on a brand new set for the fall so there's some new elements that nobody will have ever seen so that's really cool just all those things but there's a particular song that i've been chomping at the bit that's a brand new one of mine It's seth you have heard and uh not many people have though it's probably less than 10 total that have heard it but it's a really special one that i think that night will be an injustice if i don't play you know unveil it that night and i think it's a perfect opportunity so yes they uh that that song, and man i I can't wait for the the love you Son, go dogs moment that's gonna be really cool uh just some of these kind of cool covers that we've never done that that I hopefully the crowd will buy into, so yeah, I'm fired up i i have I have heard the song that that Ray is referring yeah. to, and yeah. it
2: is it is outstanding, so I am also fired up for him to play that uh and yeah. he also shared some of the the set list and the covers with me, and I'm just telling y'all look it. You crazy. If you miss this show on Thursday night, it's just going to be out of bounds. So if you yeah. love the dogs and you love music and you're not there, you don't missed out. It's the perfect way to kick off the 2023 Pete season, hopefully. Um, yeah. yeah, I can't think of anything more fitting and, and what a celebration it'll be. So everybody get your rear ends to the Georgia theater on Thursday night. Um, and then, boys, at the same time the show's kicking off, we got college football on TV. So, I, know. I mean, the, wow. the world is back on its axis. Everything is right. And I guess let's start with this, right, is it, James and I talked a little bit about this uh, this weekend on our show. But what is the thing that you are, number one, most excited about for this season? And then also maybe hit us with who is the team you are most compelled by other than the dogs, heading into the 2023 season?
0: Man, I'm, a, I'm really excited to uh, see. I mean, obviously, I think everybody's you know, kind of intrigued and, and wants to see how Carson Beck does. It feels like to me that Kirby's never been one to quit. pull the trigger on, like, this is our guy, quarterback, uh-huh. right? He's done that a lot historically. So for him to do that, to me, says a lot, if you kind of read the tea leaves, about how they feel about him, hopefully is what it says. To, I'm intrigued to see him. I'm really excited to watch these linebackers play. Uh, pop and, and small when he, you know, when he gets back and stuff. But we got a lot of, I think we got a lot of juice in that room. And, you know, just been hearing, hearing so much about the whole line. I'm really intrigued, too, about we're kind of, you know, we're thin here, how, this, how the running back situation. Yeah. You know, shakes. And, I, and I think it's good, you know, the schedule lines up, I think, you know, good to kind of figure some of that out. But, um you know, that's the position group that feels like a little bit snake bit in the preseason. And it probably at some point a young guy's gonna have to step up that hadn't had to before, you know, whether it's a true freshman or 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 somebody. Um but, you know, real tough luck with Branson Robinson. Yeah. I brought to him and yeah. I I know that sounds really painful. And I know he was looking at a big year but and the um man that, that duo of safeties, really trio if you had if you had fourteen in there too. Is going to be fun, really fun to watch. All
2: right, so maybe not everybody knows that's listening that at one point long ago in his journey, Ray was a GA for the football team. So hit us with your best Coach Bobo story or stories from your time as a GA.
0: Um, there's, there's a lot of Coach Bobo stories, but <laughs> just, as an overall, just as an overall theme, the thing that I really enjoyed most was getting blamed for things that I had no Literally no hand in at all, and it was less. Of, it less of, It was less of him blaming me. Of just he just needed someone to yell at in the moment, and I just happened to be there. And also, let me tell you something. This do not be out there with Coach Bobo, and not have a skull can, because <laughs> he will send your tail across the street over there to the BP to get some in pre- during the middle of practice. He'll do it. And, and I'm, I am living proof for that. So, um, <laughs> That's my favorite. I love Coach Bobo. I've actually reached out to him and invited him to Thursday, and hopefully he can he can make it. But he's one of those guys that every time I have a – you know, as much as he's got going on, every time I have a new song come out or a song goes number one or something, he'll send me a sheet text and be like, you're a quick text and be like, I see you, Ray, you know, or something like that. Keep it up, you know. So it's cool for him to still um, stay connected in that way and – and hopefully I get to see him on Thursday. I love that, man. Doesn't that speak to like, I feel like it's just the coach in
2: them, right? Yeah. They can't ever get rid of that. I so. and, I, and I think it's, I think some folks that maybe don't follow sports or whatever it may be, they, they get caught in that. It's the sports that drives the people. It's about the people, you know? And I, I think these guys that coach, it's it's so much about, the lives they're getting to affect and the kids they get to spend time with and stuff as much as it is about the wins and the losses. So yeah, I love that. He just also seems like and maybe this is the wrong read, but he just seems A like he's country as a turnip green and two, he also ain't scared to just live in that, right? Like he is, he's oh. he's just he's just who he
0: is. It and just, I love that. is, And I will say, I mean, of all the guys that I've and that's not it's not a knock on any other guys or coaches that I've meant I have like you wanna talk about an absolute savant like genius of just like a football mind I mean I've never seen anything like it you know so I think we're in good hands I know we're in good hands and I'm excited man I'm excited to see him find, you know get the reins back man it's time it's about time yeah I am too man and here's the other thing too right
2: and people have talked about this but I think this is real I'm excited to see him have the reins with this defense yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which he's never he's never had when he was at UGA so you know, I think he does get short sold a lot given what his offenses did when they were there. I mean, people very conveniently forget twelve and they very conveniently forget thirteen and yeah. fourteen and like I'll tell you what, man, that dude can coach. Yeah. And uh yeah, man, I, I'm excited and I hope he gets uh I loved it, you know, they asked Kirby about it and I can't remember if it was on a podcast or maybe it was a presser, kind of about the hire and everything. He said, Look, these are the same people that were upset that we hired Mel Tucker and yep. then we're upset that we replaced him with Dan Lanning and then we're upset that we replaced him with Coach Schumann and yep. then weren't thrilled with the Todd Munkin hire he goes so I think we're gonna be all right yeah, <laughs> yeah so yeah I, I uh, as we as we say a lot on here in Kirby we trust so absolutely. we'll uh, absolutely it, it's gonna be it's gonna be just fine so yeah I mean you talk about the running backs Let me ask you this because James and I talked about this. Don't you think one of the compelling things and one of the reasons that Cash Jones keeps coming up is one of the things we don't think it's talked about a lot when you're talking about running backs. You know, everybody talks about the carries and the yards and the catches and, and all those things are important, obviously. But it's equally as important at that position to do blitz pickup. Oh, yeah. To understand checks, to do these types of things. And I just wonder with the youth in that room, if that's why Kirby has brought up cash so much. is I mean, I understand he can catch the ball in the backfield and they need that, but also he's been in the program and that just tells me he, A, knows the system mm-hmm. and, B, does what they need him to do if they got to change something at the line or, or whatever it may be. You know, I mean, that's a play that could go from a sack or a sack fumble to now we've busted it or yep. we get a first
0: down or whatever it may be. No, I mean, I think I've seen his name come up so much and I think... Again, like, you pay attention like we do, it's like you'll see things through the years where you go, like, the guy gets brought up a lot preseason. Like, and, you know, not always. Sometimes it's a, a true freshman where he's just talking about, like, man, the guy's work ethic is – and maybe you don't know, – you know, almost like uh, Aaron Smith first year, right? Like, he only had a few catches. hurt mm-hmm. or whatever. There was a lot of buzz about him in the preseason. It didn't mean he was All-American, but he got in, he got in there early. And I think – if he's going to talk about you, I think he's definitely part of the plans. And I think probably, too, kind of what you were saying, a little bit kind of what you were saying about him bringing him up probably is because he knows these guys pay attention to that stuff probably and hear who's getting brought up and all. It's like, hey, this guy's doing it the right way. So yeah, follow this guy.
2: Yeah, and I do think, too, and I think Bobo will exploit this, but they're going to use the weapons they got. So if they don't feel like they got it at running back, Dude, they're gonna they're gonna figure out a different way to do it, and I think his mind is creative enough to your point to to do all that. So, and I got no worries about the offense. The other thing that I think sets up well for them is they kind of have a soft takeoff. They do, and so I think with change at a big position like quarterback and some transition, you know, uh, along the offensive line. I mean, I know it's mostly back, but you you know we're making a transition at left tackle, which is a big deal. Um, Some new faces in that wide receiver room. I just think that first month sets up quite fortuitously for us to kind of get ready for that back half of the schedule, which I think is where more of the meat is, you know, back to back weeks, Ole Miss, Tennessee. So yeah, man, I, I'm fired up about how everything's going to set up for this group.
0: Me too, man. I think it's, that is a very good thing, but the, kind of the way the schedule starts, and and I think that they, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think we'll have a lot of guys, hopefully, a lot of guys get to play the first couple of weeks and stuff, and and we'll probably see some young guys flash, which is exciting, and then and see who the you know who the coaches have kind of decided. All right, these are our guys, and so um, and I mean we'll have some guys that may not even be back starters that may not even back, be back game one, and so it'd be really fun to kind of watch those second guys kind of get to to get in there and see what they're doing and the, you know how they do in the starting role, which is invaluable experience down the stretch too when they, when the other guys come back. So.
2: Well, part of that soft takeoff is the opener against yeah. UT Martin, which isn't the sexiest of opponents, especially after the last two years with the Dogs opening against Clemson and then the Oregon Ducks. But, uh, and it's kind of a theme for week one. The slate for week one, I wouldn't call the sexiest, but I will say I've talked myself into this slate. And I like it more than I did yesterday. Right. James is shaking his head at me. I sent him the pics today, Ray, and he goes, this slate is terrible. Terrible. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. I did the best I could with this. So this is what we're going to do, though, okay? Ray is picking week one, which we have learned over the three-plus years of doing this podcast is a severe handicap. So we're going to try to help our boy out here. We're going to pick 11 games. Okay. We're going to let him drop one. We, only, we think that's only fair. We got, no, we got no empirical evidence, nothing to base anything off of. Yeah. Also this week, which I don't usually do, boys, I did some research. And I got a little synopsis of each game just to give everybody here a refresher on what each team might be bringing in. So we're not just picking blind here. We feel good about that. We're trying to make this as, as clean as we can. Also, this is important because me and James have a season-long battle that we go yeah. on. And um, it's, it's heated. So I need, to, I need to make sure I, I get some winners here. Let's just put it that way. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that, James? You think I'm going to take this crown this year
1: or what? Well, I mean, you're, you've taken it every year so far. So why not? That's right. I've got to stay perfect here. Excellence is the standard. <laughs> Ooh,
2: perfection
0: is the standard.
2: <laughs> That's it. That's it. Okay, so first game Thursday night during the concert is Florida Traveling to Utah for a repeat of the opener last year. Uh, Florida going to be starting Graham Mertz at quarterback. Raise your hand, boys, if you knew that Graham Mertz had 32 collegiate starts under his belt at Wisconsin, because I did not. Did not know that, no. 32, that's a lot, fellas. Okay, um, but not the best, right? He he turns it over a ton, um, very turnover prone. Their defense was horrendous last year. They gave up. A 50% conversion rate on third downs. So that's not really great. Um, I think for them to be successful, they got to run the football. Their two horses there are going to be Montrell Johnson and Trevor Etienne, whose brother was a pretty good ball player too. So I think they got to lean on that. Big question mark, obviously, for Utah, is Cam Rising going to play coming back from the ACL tear in the Rose Bowl? Everybody and all the murmurs seem to be that he is going to play, which if he does, I think changes things significantly. They got 14 starters coming back. They obviously want to punch you in the mouth. Two-time defending Pac-12 champions, Kyle Whittingham, they love to play for him. Um, yeah, so the spread on it is Utah at home minus six and a half. And again, I think a lot of this twinges on Cam. But we will start with you, Ray. Who do you like in this one?
0: I like Utah. And i like him to cover, and I could be totally wrong on this. I just don't. I'm not buying the Florida stock this year. I'm not buying – I honestly heard he's a great guy. He's not buying the Florida stock under Napier. And he could, mm-hmm. could well prove me wrong. Um, I don't see a great year for them. I also think that uh, – I mean, they're going out to Utah. I mean, that's a long ways. It's very yeah. different than the Swamp. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's—I don't think it's crazy. I think it's 7-10 points, um, but I think Utah does it.
1: All right, James, what you got, brother? I'm going Utah. I don't care if rising plays or not. Graham Mertz led some putrid offenses at Wisconsin, and I think he had better talent there. All right, well,
2: I'm going to stick with you boys. I'm taking Utah, too. Even – I'm be honest with you. Even if Cam doesn't play, I don't think Florida's got enough offensively to do something. Look, man, they had a first-round pick in Anthony Richardson last year who is a physical freak, and they still weren't super explosive offensively, and you're trying to tell me that's going to be better now that Graham Mertz is at the helm? I just – I don't see it, man. I, Utah at home, they're super tough. I think they are going to punch Florida in the mouth and assert their will, and six-and-a-half, man, they might – they could blow that out the water, I oh, think. Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah. All right, second matchup, also Thursday night. This one is New Look, Nebraska, going to Minnesota to play PJ Fleck and the Row the Boat Boys. This this could this could entail some surprises. Nebraska, I think, is interesting this year. Matt Rules going in there, trying to change the culture, trying to do what everybody thought Scott Frost could do, but but couldn't. Mm-hmm. Jeff Sims, Georgia Tech Transfer, going to be at the helm at quarterback for them. They got three uh of their four running backs returning from last year. Sims is a dual threat guy. I think they're going to be run heavy. I think that's what Matt rule wants to do. They're going to have a fullback in that offense. They're going to go too tight. I mean, I think they just want to line up and punch you in the mouth. That defense is interesting too. They play a three, three, five and do a lot of multiple fronts. Um, and they got their top three tacklers returning. So I think Nebraska is interesting just because of the Matt rule piece of it. Um, Minnesota got a new quarterback. They lost, um, their quarterback who had been there seemingly for like 12 years, I mean, he was like Stetson. It felt like he would never leave. Tanner Morgan, I think was his name. And then um, Mo Ibrahim is the leading rusher in school history, also gone. But, Ethan kayak Manis is going to be their new quarterback. And let me tell you something, brother. That name is a mouthful. I mean, there is so much. There's so many consonants and vowels in that name. It's just Greek to the core. And then, dude, they got a really good quarterback. Preseason All-American tight end, uh, Brevin Span Ford, And then... Dude, they were nine-game winners last year, nine-game winners the year before that, and they were fourth in scoring defense. So Minnesota, nothing to sleep on. Something does make me a little nervous. is for a place that and a coach that hinges upon culture. Mm -hmm. Not some great things coming out of that program during the offseason. So I always wonder how those things play out. But even with all that being said, I think because of Nebraska and how they've been, Minnesota a a six-and-a-half-point home favorite.
0: Who do you like in that one, brother? I'm picking Minnesota for two reasons to cover, and I think the first one is man, it's so hard for that. You know, and Kirby did it. Kirby came in first game, won against ranked opponent. And I don't remember if we were maybe slight underdogs or something against North Carolina, but it's yeah. really hard, especially if a team coming off like the seasons they've come off of to come in, go to a place and big upset week one. Not say it can't happen. The biggest reason though is my dogs, the Golden Gophers, were the last team to 3 Pete. So, your boy for that long true. is going gonna, is gonna to rock with the Golden Gophers. I like that. I like that.
2: All right, Jimmy. So, Minnesota, minus six and a half. I was telling Ray, I'm a little nervous about my man, PJ Fleck, catching heat this year for the culture. So, where are you at on this? You like Matt Rule and the Cornhuskers, or are you staying with Row the Boat?
1: I'm going to go with Minnesota, but I do think that Fleck is on the hot seat. But the reason being has nothing to do with Minnesota for this game. It has simply to do with the fact that Rule's first season at each stop has been absolutely atrocious. I think he's won, won two games each of, his first se- each of his first seasons at all of his stops. So, And I don't think he's going to start off with a win or a cover against Minnesota. At Minnesota. If this was at Nebraska, I think it would be different.
2: I like Minnesota, too. I like them opening night. They gave Ohio State all they wanted last year on opening night. Um, or was that two years ago? That was two years ago. I two years We ago. watched that in Charlotte. I mean, but I just think that's a great atmosphere for Minnesota. And I just think the talent pool in that roster at Nebraska. I know with the transfer portal you can flip things quick. But I just don't see it yet with Nebraska. And especially you got – it would be different if Thompson had stayed and Thompson was going to be the quarterback going into this year instead of transferring to FAU. But I think starting over with Jeff Sims, I don't know, man. I just I don't think it's a great matchup for them. I like what Minnesota's going to want to do offensively. So, yeah, I'm taking the Golden Gophers, too. Row the boat. I'm still on board. I believe in the culture, PJ. I believe in it. <laughs> All right, Friday night game. I think this one's interesting, too. Really interesting. Louisville and Georgia Tech playing in the Aflac kickoff at the Benz. Uh, Louisville obviously got their man coming home. Jeff Brom's coming home. Um, their quarterback left is now with the Patriots. And so he brought back a guy who he had at Purdue who went to Cal and played last year in Jack Plummer. Had a good year. Dude threw for 3,000 yards at Cal, which who knew that? Not me. Hand up. Uh, I didn't know Cal even fielded a football team last year <laughs> given how they performed. But Jack Plummer had himself a little bit of a year there. So good for him. Um, dude, they also got a great transfer. Jamari Thrash from Georgia State. Dude, kid's electric. Had 60 catches last year at Georgia State. 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns. He's a burner. And y'all know I'm going to love this Jeff Brom offense because my man just wants to spread it out and let's throw it deep all day long. We are just going to sling it around the yard. So the quarterback in me is just delighted about Jeff Brom at Louisville. Um, but then, man, you got Georgia Tech. And they're interesting, right? Brent Key taking over. Um, don't know if that's exactly who the administration wanted, but kind of had their hands forced into it because there was so much support behind Brent Key. Um, yeah, Haynes King comes in from a and They appointed him the starter, but said that competition was tight. I'm going to give you all a stat on Georgia Tech from last year. When Georgia Tech rushed for over 150 yards, they were 5-0. and When they rushed for less than 150 yards, they were 0-7. Wow. So... I don't know, boys. I think they want to line up and pound it, so we're going to get a little ground and pound from the Georgia Tech side, and then we're going to get high fly and sling it with Louisville. How y'all feel about it? Louisville is a a seven-and-a-half-point
0: road favorite. Well, road, but it's in Atlanta, so we'll say road. Man, I really want to pick Tech here because, man, I think even though they got force into it, like I think Brent Key is pretty good. I think he's got him. I think he – seems to be a guy that's like gonna get the most out of what he has. At least that's what it kind of feels like. I've thought about picking them. I just can't, like I, I will say this, I pick Louisville straight up. I pick Georgia Tech to, to cover. I think I Think it's three, I don't think it's more than a touchdown, I think Louisville wins. I don't, just don't know that with everything you said about, they're gonna spread them out and stuff, I don't know if they got the guys in the back end that are gonna keep Louisville from scoring under you know 35 and i don't know with that offense that georgia tech could score more than 28 so all right give me give me the hard here are we taking georgia tech
2: to to keep the spread or are we taking louisville to cover
0: yeah i'm going i'm going georgia tech i'm going georgia tech in the spread upset i mean i, I think louisville wins straight up but doesn't cover oh i like this
1: right, what you gonna do what you gonna do here jimmy I hate I hate myself for it, but yeah, I'm going the same. I I like Brinkie. That, that's really what it boils down to. I like Braum too, but I don't think that with all the turnover that Louisville had and Br- and Georgia Tech actually had some continuity um, a little bit more. So I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Georgia Tech to cover. I don't think they win. I think that they keep it close enough to to cover that spread. You're all on the buns on Friday
2: night. <laughs> I am taking Jeff Brom and the high-flying Cardinals to walk the dog oh, on the right. Yellow Jackets on Friday night <laughs> in Atlanta. I can see it coming. I can feel it. I like Jack Plummer. No relation to Jake the Snake, but we're just going to ride with it. Yep. Hope he's got a little bit of escapability, like his long-lost cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going I'm to roll with the cards. This is going to be my first chance to separate from James in the season-long competition here. Yep. So, Next game on the slate, This one is interesting for a couple reasons, I think, but noon kick on Saturday. UVA, Tony Elliott's UVA, going to play Tennessee in Ray's Town in Nashville at Nissan Stadium. Look, let's just be straight here. UVA, not good. They will not be good this year. They were 3-7. and Tony Elliott was transitioning from a more spread offense to a more pro-style offense. Brandon Armstrong, who was a stud, left to go to NC State. So they're restarting at quarterback. I will tell you this, boys. Part of the reason I put this on the list, there will not be a better quarterback name matchup in all of college football this year. UVA is starting Monmouth transfer Tony Musket. Outstanding name. Um, I mean, just beautiful. And then Tennessee, obviously, starting Joe Milton, Bazooka Joe. So we got Tony Musket versus Bazooka Joe. Just (laughs) artillery everywhere at the quarterback (laughs) position. It's going to be outstanding. um that's about all uva's got going for boys uh new quarterback replacing four wide receivers (laughs) off a team that went three and seven so not great for the Cavs. um and then dude i mean tennessee's what they were last year number one offense in the country bringing back joe milton who can throw it to mars apparently uh from his knees if you ask people in knoxville and um you know brew mccoy they also have Squirrel White, which yep. Tennessee fan or not, that's just an A-plus name. I they, mean, if your oh, receiver's so. name is Squirrel White, sign me up for that, boys. <laughs> the Vols are a 27-and-a-half-point favorite
0: over Wahoo Wah. How do we feel about this one, Ray? First of all, when we're talking about names, I'm going to give a shout-out to a former volunteer, one of my favorite names of all time, Pig Howard. Do you remember oh, that Awesome. Yeah, Pig Howard. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thanks to Pig, we won in twenty. 20- the year that he was diving over the end zone 2013
1: 2013 yeah, yeah. they were um, the smoky they, grays
0: inexplicably inexplicably dropped the ball before he went over. <laughs> anyway <laughs> yes shout out to pig there um <laughs> man before i make this pick i am not am not drinking the tennessee kool-aid um me neither I'm leaving it living in this state man i have my uh my disdain for that team has been absolutely <laughs> recharged over the last 18 months, I can tell you. Um, I am, if there was any way I could pick against them, I would do it. I just, I mean, I see them winning by 30 or more. So, I'm going to Tennessee. James, I think I know where you sit on this, but hit me with it.
1: I actually think this game's going to be close for a quarter. Because Virginia is going to come out with a lot of emotion, coming off the tragedy to end last season. Yeah, I think their defense is going to play well. They they have no offense. This might be. I'm not sure if UVA is going to win a game this year. I mean, I'm not sure they can beat an FCS team realistically. They're just they're bad. They're going to be bad. But I think they're going to come out with a lot of emotion. I think it's going to be close for a quarter, and then talent with Tennessee is just going to take over, and they're going to blow them out but for a quarter it'll be competitive but after that it's just gonna be it's gonna be bad no love for
2: my man tony Musket here
1: he's yeah. got it t-
2: <laughs> takes too long it takes too long to re- reload those long arms so <laughs> yeah i it, it's gonna be tough sled man i just think there's gonna be so much speed and so much firepower on that tennessee side i mean look they score 21 in three blinks so yeah. And UVA just can't do that. I mean, yeah. even if they had the people Tony wanted, I, yeah. I, I don't even know then if it would matter because the athleticism is just going to be on such a different level that it's going to be a long, long day for the cross-sabers. Also, I'm glad you big up Pig Howard. Is that the biggest whiff in Arkansas recruiting history, to not
0: secure Pig Howard? Hey. Like,
2: think, think if they had NIL when Pig was in school. You tell my a boy wouldn't have gone to Arkansas? Oh, Come
0: on, He would definitely go to Arkansas. I mean – Arkansas has missed out on some. They did get old, uh for a year. They got somehow got Mitch Mustaine, even though true. I don't know if you've seen the documentary. Pretty great documentary about that. Just the certain.: It's really good. and it almost like he essentially had no choice at at the end. But he was only there for a year. They have had some uh, some big whiffs out there. But yeah, I mean, it can't be. At least they had him for a year. So I would say Pig Howard has to be the.
2: I mean, how many how many car dealerships?
0: In I mean,
2: Fayetteville and Little Rock are getting the pig suey from pig Howard on a commercial. I mean, that's just, that's easy money, baby. That's easy money for everybody
0: involved. Yeah, if it was nil years, my man would be making it in, <laughs> in Fayetteville.
2: Yeah, uh, he'd be living the life, baby. Okay,
0: so we're all on, all on the that now. I don't think any surprise.
2: All right, next one. This could be my favorite matchup of the week. I think this is one of the spicier matchups. Yep. Mainly because of the number, which I think is a little crazy. Look, Coach Prime, in his opener, Colorado got to play TCU coming off a national championship appearance against the Dogs, although appearance is about all it was. They no. showed up, and that's about it. <laughs> um, it was all dogs after the whistle blew. But, um, I mean, they're replacing a lot. I think here's the interesting thing about Colorado, okay? They turned over the entire roster, and Prime got everybody he could get. He got Travis Hunter to come from Jackson State, who's going to play two ways, which is awesome. Yep. We got a little Champ Bailey vibes there, and Dion when he was in the pros. Then you got Kavassia Smoke that comes over from Kentucky, also electric, and all-name team every single year oh. that he's ever playing football. Yeah. Fantastic. Then, man, I think one of the undersold things is the coaching staff he built. Yep. He brings head coach Sean Lewis from Kent State, who had built a very nice program for the Golden Flashes. He's calling plays for the Buffs this fall. And you got Deion Sun, Shador, playing quarterback who can sling it. He can run. I don't know, boys. Colorado got something going on there. So Colorado's got that. Then we got TCU replacing Max Duggan. They're replacing a ton of guys on offense. That defense, as we saw at SoFi in January, not outstanding. Um, they were about 100th in the country last year, giving up points. Um, and then, you know, they got they're essentially Alabama West now. They got – Trey Sanders and Jojo Earl's coming in for the roster to try and get some reinforcements. But dude, Horn Frog's favored by 20 and a half against Coach Prime's buffs for the opener. How we feel about this one, Ray?
0: I have no idea what's going (laughs) to (laughs) happen. No idea. If TCU won by 30, I'd be like, okay, I mean, makes sense. But if talking about what we just talked about, I mean, if it's Tied in the fourth quarter, I'm like, okay, I mean, look at the players he got. You know, Uh look at what TCU lost. I do not know how – I mean, the only only thing that makes sense to me is, I mean, no way I'm picking TCU and the spread. I think TCU straight up. I think Colorado covers. Might only be 17. I think they cover. That's a big spread with the players he has. Again, it could be an absolute catastrophe. They might lose by 30, 40. Who knows? You just don't. I mean, what a just don't know you, especially like Coach Prime's first game. I have no idea how this is going to play out. So, I mean, I think they'll let them lose, and I think they'll cover.
2: For any of our listeners who don't know, my boy was a devout, devout Dallas Cowboys fan when we were kids. <laughs> devout. I would say not nearly as devout now, but let's just say he worshipped at the altar of the Silver Star when we were Chipmunks. <laughs> And ne- Neon Dion played a prime role in some very good memories for my boy. Oh, no. So he may be a little slanted here. <laughs> what you got, brother?
1: Uh, let's just complete transparency. I have not watched a full Cowboy game since 2014. Let's Let's back it up a little bit.
2: That nostalgia
1: is thick, though, baby. Yeah, yeah the nostalgia is thick. Um, I'm going to take Colorado <laughs> to cover, but I don't understand this spread at all. I mean, I know Colorado was an absolute dumpster fire last year, and uh, what, they win one game, I think? Worst worst defense in the United States of America. But, <clears throat> I mean, look what look what TCU lost. I uh, They lost Quentin Johnson. They lost Kendra Miller. They lost mm-hmm. Duggan. I mean... Their defense was not very good at all, and if I remember correctly, that Colorado game at the beginning of the season wasn't a blowout. to Begin last year, it was not. It was not. It so was not. I don't understand this this number, this number. But Vegas, obviously, you know, Vegas is Vegas for a reason. They they know something we don't. So I I'm going to take I would I would not touch this game with a ten foot pole for money, but I will take it for our purposes for Colorado to cover. But I think TCU wins.
2: I'm with you, man. This this number stinks to high heaven to me.
1: There is something
2: about because to me, I saw this number and I went, "Oh my god!" I will bet the mortgage payment on the Buffs right now. I love this for the Buffs. Love what they got going on. Love all of it. But the flip side of it is, man, we're all we also come to the hype sometimes. And I am so on board with the Coach Prime hype train at Colorado. Like <laughs> I just think, dude, I think he's one of those personalities, right? And people follow him. And I think. He's also probably the top three swaggiest dudes of all time. Like, if they had a swag Hall of Fame, Dion is first ballot unanimous selection. <laughs> okay, and if you're a kid, you don't want to follow that and play for that. Like, hell, I want to play for Coach Prime. I mean, dude, he's smooth. Yeah. And so, I mean, that piece of it matters to me. The flip side of that is, Coach Dykes don't play, man. That dude can yeah. coach. And the kid that we got playing quarterback, Chandler Morris. I think would have had a great year last year if he hadn't got hurt. And that, that sets up the whole Max Duggan story. But I don't know. I'm taking him. I'm taking the buffs. I'm, I'm buying the hype. And I'm taking him. 20 and a half seems like a monster number given the roster yeah. talent they have. Like, they've got some dudes, man. Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in America. America. Yeah. So, like, I, dude, Kwasi Smoke can play. Can play. Like, can play. So – I don't know, man. If they can stop a nosebleed on defense, I think it's going to be a hell of a ball game. So, yeah, this is, that's what I said. This is the game I'm maybe most excited about opening weekend is to see what happens. So, this is going to be must-see TV, which if you are the Colorado administration, you're going, boy, did we do a good job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next one I know Jimmy's going to love. Oh, it's, his, it's his boy from last year. We got Boise State going to Husky Stadium. To play Washington and Big Penix energy. Uh, this Boise State team is compelling, okay? They got Andy Avalos in his third season. He changed quarterbacks to Taylor Green in like week four last year. Once he made the switch, they went eight and two. Dual threat guy. They like to run the football. Dude, they got a really good defense, seven starters returning on D. And it's Boise State, right? They got history and culture. So that's what you got on the Broncos side of things. Washington was essentially Tennessee West. And because they play on the West Coast in the Pac-12, I feel like that didn't really get talked about enough. Dude, they had the second-ranked offense in America. Michael Penix passed for the second-most yards in America. He's coming back. Dude, they're bringing back a ton of guys on offense that scored 40 points a game last year. They got two, two 2,000-yard receivers coming back. And, dude, they got Braylon Trice on defense, who I think had nine sacks last year. issue with Washington is... They were a hundredth in America versus the past, which is why they had to score 40 points a game because they couldn't stop nobody. Um but Huskies are favored at home by fourteen and a half. Who are you liking that one, right?
0: Man, I just came into this year feeling like if Washington again can stop anybody, them dudes are liable to be eleven and one, twelve and oh. Mm-hmm. So by all means, Boise State could it could be close, Boise State could lose by three, they lose by seven. I think they're going to lose by 20. I'm taking Washington. Um, That offense is the real deal. And I just – it feels like one of those, because of everything coming back on offense, it feels like it could be a type of year for them that Tennessee had last year. And so, Mm -hmm. because of that, it's not necessarily a knock on Boise State, more of just a – I think Washington is is primed for one of those years. I think they win by 20.
2: All right, James, do the Broncos – go into Husky Stadium, on the sound, and do something magical? Or did the Huskies just run them all the way
1: back to Boise? You know, when I made my playoff picks our last episode, I picked Oregon to make the playoffs, winning the back 12. Mm -hmm. Two weeks ago, I had Washington in that slot. And then they lost their number one running back, who had 13 touchdowns last year for the season. That's what prompted my switch. Even though they're defense is absolute, was absolutely atrocious last year, I still think their offense is good enough to carry them. And we just don't know enough about Laney getting his guys in there yet. But losing their number one running back just prompted that change. With that being said, I don't think Boise's good enough to cover that spread. I don't think they can keep up with that offense. If this was on the blue turf, I think Boise covers. don't think Boise wins, but I think Boise covers. In, in Husky Stadium, there's no way. Uh, the Huskies win... By three scores, maybe four.
2: I'm with you, boys. I'm taking, I'm taking Washington. I am a big believer in Michael Penix. I was a believer in him when he was at Indiana. I mean, James, you and me talked about this. Like, I thought that was a coup, Washington pulling him in the transfer portal. Like, the kid's a great player. And, man, he just seems unflappable. The other thing about it is I would feel a little differently about this if Boise State's offense was constructed differently. But they want to run the football and control clock, and Washington's defense, although porous last year, didn't have as much of a problem stopping the run. It was somebody who could exploit them on the back end, which I don't know if Boise State has that ability. And so when you match a team like that up who wants to churn clock and grind it out versus a team that can score when you go to the fridge to get another banquet beer, I'm going to take the team that's scoring once every 30 seconds. So I'm going to take the Huskies in this one and be great if – State proved us wrong, and it was an exciting game. But I just think Washington will have too much firepower, man. And I, I think another year in that offense, too, they're going to be confident and ready to rip. And they are going to be a lot of fun. We talked about this, that they, for us, are one of the most compelling teams across the country, I think, to watch this year. Also, boys, can we talk about this? Husky Stadium, is this not on the top ten need-to-go-to stadiums oh, in all yeah. of America? It just seems like it would be oh, on
0: time. so electric.
2: Yeah, we got to get the boat and do the whole thing, man. Yeah. I need to I need to tailgate on the boat, baby. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm in on that. Okay, this is another one. Ray, this has been one of James and I's sweethearts the last two years. And that's uh we are we are team roadrunner. Meet meet, baby. Hashtag that all day. And dude, UTSA switching conferences this year. Two-time defending conference USA champs. They're making the transition to the American, gonna be a battle all year long with Tulane, who had an outstanding year last year. They're bringing back fifth year senior Frank Harris, the lefty who absolutely flings it. I mean, that dude is outstanding to watch. And like, dude, seven starters coming back on D. How on God's green earth is Jeff Trailer getting kids to come to San Antonio to play college football? Oh. And not just play, but do the work, baby. Like they have been incredible. I think one of the more undersold stories across the country the last 2 years is what UTSA's done and what Jeff Trailer's done. So Love that. And then they're going to play Houston with Dana Holgerson. And they got uh, Texas Tech transfer Donovan Smith going to be their starting quarterback this year. Um, Boys, they gave up 32 points a game on D last year, and they lost seven starters off that defense. So replacing a ton on an already bad defense. Uh, UTSA is a a one-and-a-half-point road favorite going to play the Cougars. Who are you liking that one,
0: Ray? I'm, I'm, I'm with you boys on that one. Uh, I feel like you're right. I mean, very undersold story. I think they could be better this year. And you talk about losing seven starters off an absolutely abysmal defense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it being at Houston is like, you know, what I mean, when I think about, I'm not knocking their home field advantage or whatever, but when I think of Houston, I don't think about going to the 12th man exactly. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, you know, I uh, yeah, I'm I'm with your boys on this one,
2: UTSA. All right, Jimmy, you, st- you stick in team hashtag meet meep for what?
1: Yeah, of course I am. And I, I actually am considering putting real money on this game. I think you know how much uh, how big of a fan I am of Holgerson here. Yeah. So I, I, I love betting against him. So, yeah, I'm meet Meep by the way.
2: I will say this for Coach Holgerson, okay? I mean, my man don't apologize about mm-hmm. rocking that old-school 90s country haircut brother like he's cowboy hat ready it's all party from like half neck down oh yeah but that cowboy hat comes off brother. it's false advertising my okay. <laughs> oh, man my oh,
0: man ain't got nothing up top he ain't worried about nothing bro
2: he ain't worried about and then he just rips it i love it i do like the swag about that but they will not win this football game and i think utsa is gonna come out and play in a flag to start the year um and i can't wait man i love to watch frank harris that dude can sling it This is another one I think is super fun. Duke's Mayo Classic, the greatest mayonnaise on the planet. Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte where the Dogs kicked off their their title run in 2021. UNC and Drake May up against South Carolina and Spencer Rattler may not be a better quarterback matchup in all of of week one. Um, Here's the thing, right? I think something that's been undersold a little bit about UNC heading into this season is Phil Longo's gone. And I don't think an OC switch, especially when you got a quarterback in their third year, is something to sneeze at. Phil Longo going to be at Wisconsin? Who? That's a whole other conversation. I am super jacked to see what they do at Wisconsin. I think that's going to be a super fun team. But big expectations for for Drake May. Their defense was atrocious. They gave up 31 points a game last year. I don't really know if there's been any indication that's been any better. Um, South Carolina really, really bad against the run, great against the pass. So. Where are we at on them? Okay. They're they're good at defending what UNC wants to do. And then who is Spencer Rattler gonna be? Obviously he was a much ballyhooed recruit, starts his career at Oklahoma, was featured on QB1 on Netflix. He's supposed to be the guy, right? And I would say it's been a less than even college career, but finished the year last year super hot. Carolina is a North Carolina, the real Carolina, is a minus uh, a two and a half point favorite. At the neutral site there at Bank of America. Who you like in that one rack?
0: I like South Carolina. And the reason is, I mean, I think it's it's Beamer. And it feels like to me that he's one of those guys that has, again, we always talk about saving. Not, you know, no one aside from Kirby has like truly been able to kind of leave his coaching tree and, and even approach what he's been able to do at Alabama other than Kirby. It feels like Kirby may have. A a few more guys, like, have real success at being a head coach. And it feels like that Beamer, at this point, kind of has some of that culture instilled. I'm not, I don't mean that, you know, they're going to be back-to-back national champions or anything. I do think that there is some of that culture that has shifted. Just it's what it feels like watching them. And for, them to, for them to have that game against Tennessee last year doesn't mean – I mean, again, that was an absolute just – Meltdown on Tennessee's part, but uh-huh. I don't think before, you know, before Beamer, I don't, I don't think they they would have shown up and had been they would have already lost. And so to me, that showed okay. There's there's some there's something shifting there. Because of that, I don't know, just a gut thing for me. I think Carolina, South Carolina wins and covers. How about you, James?
1: I have no confidence in this pick whatsoever, but. I'm not sold on Spencer Rattler at all. I think that was kind of an aberration. What we saw the last couple of weeks of the season, just his entire career. If you take his entire career as a, you know that that was a microcosm. It's like a bell curve. That's the the high end of the bell curve for him was those last couple of weeks. Drake May, as a whole, much higher was better. All the throughout majority of his career, better quarterback. I'm going to go with UNC on this one. I'm not confident in it, but that's where I'm leaning.
2: This is a tough one for me, man. I, obviously, Drake May is what he is. I, I'll tell you something, though. That, that OC switch makes me nervous. I just, I don't know. I, I think that matters. And they were, I would say, especially to start the year last year, given all the hype he had coming in. I mean, remember now, when the season started, he was the preseason favorite to go to New York and hold up the Heisman Trophy. That's That was everybody's darling was going to be Drake Mack. And he was, I don't know, he, he just he wasn't as electric as I think we thought he would be. And I think he has to be for them to be what they want to be. I'm kind of with you, Ray, man. I think, I think Beamer's got these boys bought in, man. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got the fan base bought in. I think there's a lot of juice there. And with neutral field, which really is, I think, less neutral for... Uh, South Carolina. I mean, it ain't but an hour drive from Columbia to get to Bank of America. So, yeah. I don't know, man. I think there's going to be a lot of Gamecocks in that crowd. I think they're going to have Sandstorm popping. Also, excellent place to watch a football game. Yeah. We had an absolute ball there for uh, Deuce Mayo Classic to open in 2021. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm going to take the Gamecocks, too. I, I just, I think they got some juice and, and we'll see. I mean, maybe Drake may prove, prove me wrong and rips it and they win by 20, but um, yeah, I'm going to take Beamer Ball and, and the Gamecocks. Okay, this is another one that's very interesting to me, mainly because of the number, okay? Coastal Carolina heading out to the Rose Bowl to play UCLA. Chip Kelly's Bruins best year Chip Kelly's tenure last year. A lot of momentum, but they lost a lot. Lost their starting running back. Lost their quarterback. So they got to s- essentially start over. Coastal lost their head coach. But they ain't really change much from a schematic perspective. And most importantly, man, Grayson McCall is back. Like, that dude is must-see TV. Mm-hmm. So love that for the chance. Here's my issue with UCLA. They announced that Ethan Garber is going to be the starting quarterback. They also announced three, one, two, three quarterbacks will play in the game on Saturday. Wow. Ooh, let's just – here's a hard and fast – Uncle Seth Rule, quarterback rota- rotations do not work. They don't work. So they are set up for failure already. They may not know it yet. That is a disaster waiting to happen. Uh, UCLA, 14.5-point favorites to the Rose Bowl against Coastal, who I understand is making a big trip. But who you got in that one, Ray?
0: I want to go with a Chance. I really do. Man, I'm just thinking of those guys going from where they're going from all the way to LA playing in the granddaddy of them all. I know it's not the Rose bowl, but it is the Rose bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and something tells me, I'm with you on the, uh, on the three quarterback thing. Something tells me that they've seen enough on tape to go. We'll win this game handily. We feel like we're going to win this game handily. We feel safe enough to go play three quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. You're very wrong on that. And that, and, and, could be very wrong. Uh, Kelly's done some insane things to me over his coaching career. But mm-hmm. uh, I just – I mean, it's really just the kind of like, are those guys ready to go play in the Rose Bowl? Um, and not to say, that's nothing against Coastal Carolina. Uh, I just feel like out there, if it was anywhere else, I would say Coastal Carolina would cover. I just think that out there, I think UCLA wins seventeen.
2: All right, James. Who are you liking this one? You taking you taking the boys from the Sun Belt, or are you taking the Bruins?
1: I can't stand Chip Kelly at all. But I can't. Either. Uh, <laughs> if there wasn't the coaching change and it wasn't a cross country trip, I would take Coastal Carolina. But I don't. I can't. I can't see how they're gonna cover this uh, I mean I know I, they've got the advantage at quarterback but that—that that is it everywhere else I feel like they're deficient across the board against UCLA <laughs> not that UCLA's a, a stellar team or anything but it's just they're I feel like they're better across the board everywhere else except quarterback now granted if McCall has an otherworldly game they've got a shot to cover I still don't think they got a shot to win but I'm going to take UCLA to, to win running away on this one
2: yeah, I I'm I'm kinda in the same boat, man. I would love, 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 love to take coastal. I just think, you know, at some point, and we obviously talk about this a lot, at some point it ain't about the X's and the O's, it's about the Jimmys and the Joes. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard for me to believe that a team that's based out of Los Angeles, California, ain't got more Jimmys and Joes than a team out of Conway, South Carolina. I <laughs> mean. Okay. Now, hopefully I bite my tongue on that and I'm wrong, but I just feel like, especially with Chip Kelly, man, like I, dude, Chip Kelly, you can make an argument, change college football, right? I mean, what he did at Oregon changed the way offenses were called, changed the way defenses then had to adjust, changed the way that guys built defenses, like how much a guy weighed at linebacker pre-Chip Kelly versus post-Chip Kelly. Um, so, man, I don't know. He's, he's an innovator, and I loathe that they're going to play three quarterbacks. But I, I'm with you all, man. I just think the talent gap is probably so big that, to your point, Ray, they're like, look, we can get our guys reps, and we're going to be okay. So, yeah, for that reason, I, I'm going to take them to cover too. Um, and, hey, I hope I'm wrong. hope the chance – shock the, the world, baby. I hope they, hope they paint the town turquoise, but I don't know. I, I ain't seen it. All right, this is a, this is the best matchup of the weekend, and it is not close, okay? Um, LSU playing the Noles in the Camping World kickoff at Camping World Stadium there in Orlando. And LSU, obviously, I would say probably everybody's sexy pick this year. Everybody is all on board with LSU. And let's have a serious conversation. The reason everybody is all on board with LSU is because they scored a ton of points against your Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC title game. That is it. Because let's be serious. If you watched them play last year, what about them did you go, boy, that's an outstanding football team? Never. I mean, look, I know they got Harold Perkins, who's electric. For me, man, Jaden Daniels is just okay. I thought that team looked so much better in the second half with Garrett Nussmeyer quarterback, and I was much more fearful as a fan of the opposing team with him leading the offense. Jaden Daniels going to play quarterback. I just think it's going to be a lot of the same, man. And Brian Kelly is Brian Kelly. He is the opposite of sexy. So I don't know, man. They they are what they are. Also, big thing, Mason Smith not playing again. Didn't play in the opener against um, FSU last year. Will not play again on Saturday due to the bogus NCAA thing. That's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, he's not playing. Um, So, yeah, that's the LSU side of the ledger. Dude, on the FSU side, probably the most compelling FSU team since 2014 when Jameis was coming back after, and they're defending the national title. Jordan Travis coming back at quarterback who had an absolutely monster year. Dude, they got six, seven Johnny Wilson hauling in passes who's probably going to have 1,000 yards this year. That D was 20th in the nation last year and got a bunch of dudes back. I mean, they got eight guys back on offense, had the ACC Defensive Rookie of the Year in Patrick Payton. They got a lot going for them. And Mike Norvell – they are so smart for giving that dude some time because James and I've talked about this a bunch. If you're behind can win at Memphis, you can win in Tallahassee. Yeah, And so, yeah, they're, they're super fascinating for me throughout this 2023 season. And they got a chance to plant the spear at mm-hmm. camping world stadium and make a big time statement. So who do you like in this one, Ray? Uh, LSU is a two and a half point favorite at the neutral site there in Orlando.
0: I have been trying to figure out on all these lists and all this stuff. Like, what is this love affair with LSU? I can't figure it out. Mm -hmm. I just, Brian Kelly is just, man, he's so, there's nothing about him. I mean, I would be so sad if we ever hired that dude to play. It's just like, (laughs) I just just don't get it. I don't understand how he even got the, the job. In the first place, I don't understand what he ever did at Notre Dame. to, to. So anyway, had, had a pretty good year, whatever. I don't understand the, the love affair with them. I think Florida State wins by a touchdown. I think they cover. I mean, you're right. I think it's a very compelling Florida State team. Don't get the love affair with LSU, and I think it, it shows up here. What you got, James?
1: I'm going to be honest. I've gone back and forth with this one probably at – dozen times I'm going to go with my gut initially with it just going to stick where I started and I'm going to take FSU no real analysis that's just that's my gut
2: yep yeah I'm taking the Knolls too man I just uh and James and I got the got the receipts to prove this neither one of us picked LSU to win the West on our ballot at SEC media days this year we both had Alabama carrying the West and part of it is I'm just I'm not sold on them yet man I there was not a game they played last year other than the second half against Georgia where I went, "Oh. Like these boys are doing something." Yeah. And again, they're not playing the quarterback that was playing when I felt that way. So, yeah, man, I I don't know. I just and I think the Mason Smith thing is a big deal. Isn't I think it? not having I think not having him to anchor that D-line for that ball game is a big deal. I, I think Florida State's going to come out ready. I think they felt a little snake bit and that they should have won that game last year. Mhm. So, um, yeah, man, I think they're fired up and motivated, and I think they they win straight up. I don't think they just cover. I think they win straight up in Orlando. So, yeah, I'm with the Knowles too. Okay, last game for the official slate is a Monday-nighter Clemson going to Wallace Wade Stadium to play the Duke Blue Devils. Clemson got a new O.C. in Garrett Riley, pulled him over from TCU. They're trying to shake some things up and bring some electricity back to the offensive side of the football there in Death Valley. Cade Klubnick going to be the full-time pilot behind center this year. Will Shipley, who I think is one of the better players in all of America, at running back, returning. And then, man, that defense is going to be stout, as they usually are. And that boy, Jeremiah Trotter Jr., just like his daddy, is a stud. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, Clemson got a lot going for them. I think Duke's going to be a fun ball club, too. Mike Elko's first year last year, defensive guy, turned things around pretty quickly. I think they dropped down from giving up something like 35 a game the year before, only gave up 21 a game on defense. Uh, Riley Leonard coming back to play quarterback, dual threat kid. He's a fun kid to watch. Um, Dude, their defense forced 26 turnovers last year. So these ain't your mama's Duke Blue Devils uh, playing football. Uh, So I think this is a fun little game, man. Clemson's a 12-and-a-half point road favorite. And, uh, yeah, who are you liking this one, Ray? I
0: was I was thinking maybe, you know, Duke at home maybe, but then I was – the deal is, like, I think Dabo is in a spot where, you know, the guy's one-two natties. Like, it's not like he's on the hot seat or anything. But you've got to know that dude feels like that if you don't do something, this game's about to pass him by. Or, like, Clemson as a power is going – and I think I, – I don't know this at all. I'd be willing to bet they had probably the toughest half season that they've had in a while, like as far as getting after those players and stuff, and it feels like if I'm, if I'm Dabo, I got a little chip on my shoulder this year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. For that reason only, I think they go down there and, and cover.
2: What you
1: think, James? you buying the Tigers? I'm not. I'm really not. I think Duke covers Ooh. this. I I like Leonard. I like Leonard a lot. I think Leonard's going to have a really good year this year. And I'm not sold on Club Nick yet. Um I need to see more. He from what I saw last year just was okay. Now granted, full off season as the guy might have developed him a lot, but I need to see more yet. I love Shipley. They got a great defense. But that's how they were last year. They they were a good team last year with no quarterback. And until I see something different, I, I think. That, I mean, I think Clemson wins. Don't get me wrong. I think Clemson's good going to beat Duke. But I think that Duke's good enough to cover this. This is the worst possible day for me
2: to make this pick. Davey Pollack and Pastor J had Dabo on their podcast this week, hmm. and I am so knee deep in the Davos story right now that like I'm ready to run down the hill into Death Valley to play for that man so <laughs> this is the worst possible emotional state for me to be in to make this pick um yeah I'm gonna take them. I uh I like Will Shipley a ton their defense to <laughs> they just keep putting out studs on that defense and I am with you James Jury's still out for me on K-Club. Is he going to be the k Clubnik who was up and down in his first few starts at the end of the regular season? Or is he going to be the K-Club Nick who made an appearance in the ACC championship game and then in the bowl game? We'll see, right? I think the, the other piece of this is I don't think any of us would argue there probably is not a bigger jump in sports other than AAA to the major leagues in baseball than from high school football to college football. Mm-hmm. So to come in as an 18-year-old kid and quarterback one of the best teams in the country, whew, I can't imagine what the learning curve looks like on that. It has to be steep, right? So you give a kid like that with all that talent another six months to get comfortable on campus and to get equipped, I don't know. I think I think he'll probably be better. I'm, I'm going to bank on that at least for week one, and we'll see. So yeah, I'm going to take Clemson, but I could very easily be wrong on this. Man, I like Riley Leonard a lot too. I like Mike Elko, and I think he's a good fit at Duke. I'm going to hit you boys with the fact of the week, okay? What is the most important factoid anybody could know about the place that Duke Football plays their home games, Wallace Wade Stadium? James, you should know this because I've hit you with this like 50 times, but. I do not know. Got nothing for me, homie? I- I'm drawing a complete blank. This should tell you everything you need to know, Ray. Right? <laughs> This is a story of our life. I've been talking in this man's ear for 30
1: plus years. He just can't, he's sick to death of me. (laughs) He he tunes me out like he's my wife. Probably. (laughs) And probably as soon as he starts talking, I'm going to know exactly what he's he's referring to. Okay, I'm going to hit y'all with this, okay? December 7th,
2: 1941. Franklin D. Roosevelt referred to it as a day that will live in infamy. Pearl Harbor prompted the removal of the rose bowl from pasadena california yeah, the only yeah, yeah. time in the history of the rose bowl that it was not played in pasadena where was it played there was a coin flip between the two teams who were participating that year that was the pac eight champion the pacific champion the oregon state beavers and the champions of the east the duke blue devils Wow. Duke, Duke won the coin toss The Oregon State Beavers took a train All the way to Durham, North Carolina And they had the Rose Bowl parade Right down Main Street in Durham Played the ball game at Wallace Wade Stadium Which at that time was called just Duke Stadium Wallace Wade was the head coach So take that with you in the world this week, boys And spread the speak. good
1: gospel I'm going to, to use you. that this <laughs> week And we will probably have this conversation I'm, again next year And I will forget again no yes, no. I know you, you tune me out, baby I know,
2: I know All right, look, we're going to pick one more. This one don't count because, boys, I couldn't even find a legitimate spread on this. This is how how big of a a just cupcake this first week is. But I did find one handicapper that put it at 44.5 for the back-to-back national champions playing UT Martin. So what do we think? Are we covering that pretty easy or what?
0: I mean, that's so hard. I mean, because it's like... You win 50 to seven and yeah. you haven't covered it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, man, I just don't. I, I mean, I, I'm like, you know, it's 48 to seven. It's 50 to seven. You know, maybe it's 52 to seven. I, I just feel like a lot of dudes are going to play. I don't think, you know, I don't think Kirby's going to try to hang 60 on these dudes. I, and if you look notoriously, yeah, we've done some of those 60 to three, two or whatever. I mean, some of the biggest blows, blowouts have been against, like, conference opponents. It's like, I mean, you look at some of the smaller teams we've played, it's, it's 45-17. It's like, you know, whatever, because they're playing a bunch of dudes. They're trying to build up. And it's weird to, like, not pick Georgia. But with that spread, it's like, man, I'd see a 45 7 type game. I mean, do you, I don't know if I could pick winning by 45 or more, knowing more than likely how Kirby's going to treat it. What you think James? I know you hate numbers like this
1: yeah i, I completely agree with Ray I could not have said it better i, I actually hate spreads like this i yeah. uh, it'll be it it'll either be forty five to nothing yeah. or forty five three or something yeah. stupid like that, and they don't cover so i I don't think they'll cover I think that It'll be probably thirty-five, nothing at halftime, something like that, and then they'll put in Brock and then Gunner and get them snaps, get them reps. I think they'll run the offense, but they'll probably get you know one or one touchdown or something like that, and then get a a couple field goals, and the backup defense will get in and give up a touchdown, and it'll just be or give up a couple field goals or something, and you know they will not. I don't think they'll cover forty-four and a half. That's just way too much. I agree, and I'm going to tell you something. It's I think you said it earlier, Ray. Kirby
2: Kirby will tell you what he wants you to know. You just got to listen. And he made a comment about 10 days ago, and he said, we are not as far along after Scrimmage 2 as we were the last two seasons. And the antennas in my brain went, ding! Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so, like, he's telling you they don't look like he wants them to look yet. And so... I just don't see him going out and hanging half a hundred week one, even if it is UT Martin, right? Like, I think there's some stuff he's going to want to work on schematically, and I just don't think the aim is going to be, hey, let's just go put the pedal to the metal and see what we can do. Like, I, I don't see it, man. I, and I also think, too, especially when it comes to these smaller schools, homie, Kirby's daddy was a coach. He'd been coaching all his life. He don't like to embarrass nobody, no. except Shane Beamer. Except Shane Beamer. Yeah,
0: except Shane. And,
2: and Dan Mullen. Yeah. So like, if it ain't one of them two, I just I just don't think he's keen on it, man. I don't think he wants to embarrass anybody or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, dude didn't they didn't they agree to running clock last year? One of the games. I think so. Yeah. So I I just I don't see it, man. I I really don't. I, I don't know if they cover that big of a number. I mean, they will win, and it will be glorious and joyful, and it'll be Saturday in Athens, so it'll be fantastic. But, whew, that's a large number. Big. Enough. Um. All right, boys. Well, how you feel, Ray? I feel, like, I feel like we got seven in there somewhere, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, dog. I feel great.
2: Here's the thing, man. If Ray has a good week, me and James have a good week. thing, so, right. We're rooting for you, baby.
0: I got a good one. got we got
2: a lot of the same picks.
0: Coming down the track, we did. We did. I mean, I feel good about all of them. I can see where a couple of them, you know, went with my gut. We'll see what happens. But I um, feel good about it. Solid, Solid week, I think. Well,
2: as usual, brother, it's always great to see you. We always enjoy, okay. enjoy spending time with you. And uh, we just couldn't be, A, more proud of you and B, more fired up for you for what's going to happen Thursday night. We can't wait to see you. know you're going to blow the absolute roof off the theater. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be joyful. Can't think of a, a better way uh, to start this 2023, Pete. And uh, yeah, man, we're fired up. So we will, we will see you Thursday.
0: And go dogs. Go dogs, man. Thank y'all so much, and I'll uh, see y'all then.
2: Hey, George is better now.